The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Federal Transport Minister Mark Arnault says the government has approved changes to the Boeing 737 MAX jet, but has not yet cleared it to fly in Canadian skies. The planes were grounded worldwide in March of um, 2019 after two crashes that killed 346 people, including one that killed 18 Canadians. Transport Canada says safety plans and other changes are still needed before the planes can fly again, and Garneau says the department will like issue an airworthiness directive next month. It means that we accept the modifications, but we also have some Canadian uh, modifications as well. And those primarily touch on the procedures that pilots will use, some slightly different procedures, as well as the training, the simulator training that pilots will have to undergo because we recognize that we have to fix the airplane, but also it's important to control the amount of workload that pilots have when there is a problem. So the design approval comes a few weeks after the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration cleared the planes for flight in November. But how does the company get people back on the planes? Following all of this is New York-based aviation expert and attorney Arthur Rosenberg. Welcome back to the show, Arthur. Thank you for having me. All right, so can you, uh, let's go back to the initial problem in the first place. It was determined that both of those crashes were caused by software that designed, uh, that was designed to stabilize the plane, but instead forced them into nose dives um, because of data from a faulty sensor. What has been done to fix that, Arthur? Okay, so just a, a little bit of background to put it in context. This plane, when it came to market in 2017, was essentially rushed to market to compete with the Airbus A320, A321neo. And Boeing at that time had actually been working on a clean slate airplane, and they realized that clean slate airplane wasn't going to be able to get to market soon enough to compete. So they took the 737, they converted it into something called the 737 MAX, and the big changes were the engines, which were much bigger, more powerful. They were pushed forward on the wing. And when they did that, the plane during flight testing started to manifest some very unusual aerodynamic control situations. And what they did is what I've been referring to as Band-Aid fixes. They installed this system called MCAS, Maneuvering Characteristics Augmentation System. And it was designed to push the nose of the plane down when the plane's nose was uh, high, like on takeoff, the plane was slow because the plane um, would get itself into unusual attitudes and it was a dangerous situation. So this MCAS was supposed to gently lower the nose. Unfortunately, in the Lion Air and the Ethiopian crash, that, that didn't quite happen. So what happened was uh, when Boeing designed this plane, they installed a single angle of attack sensor, even though there's one on the pilot side, the captain side outside the airplane, on the co-pilot side outside the airplane. They took input from only one. So if one of those sensors wasn't functioning properly, it would transmit inappropriate information to the flight control computers, which would in turn activate this MCAS system and push the nose of the plane down into a dangerous situation. What, what's been done now, if I hopefully I haven't lost the audience. What, no, what's it's been perfect. Done now, <laughs> what, what, what's been done now is 
The software changes now compare the angle of attack sensor on the captain's side to the angle of attack sensor on the co-pilot side, first officer's side, and if they're not in agreement or if they disagree more than five degrees, this MCAS system will not fire. It won't work. And now, the next question should be, well, why didn't they do that in the first place? Ah. And, that is, and that is absolutely beyond me, and it may, never made any sense to me and still doesn't. And there's been some other changes. They've, they've limited the authority of this MCAS system to push the nose down. Um, they have a disagreement light to tell the captain, the first officer, that, yes, the two sensors aren't in agreement. Um, and there's been some other changes, which, which do make the plane safer. But in the end, well, what I refer to this as, as Band-Aid fixes on a bad design. So like any boo-boo, as long as the Band-Aid stays on, you're in good shape. When the Band-Aid comes off, you're not in such good shape. It, so, um, I'm sorry. It, I, I was going to say, it sounds like you don't have a lot of confidence in this. Would you get on one of these planes? Well, um, let's do it this way. I think this plane now is certainly a safer airplane and is the plane or the design features which should have been installed long before this plane was brought to market in 2017. The answer to your question is yes. I'm an aviation okay. person, so I'm being a lawyer. I would get on the airplane. I do believe it's a safe airplane. I, I believe the public should absolutely have confidence in it. I think it was a very unfortunate route for a lot of people um, uh, for these fixes to be made after the fact when they should have been made before the fact. Arthur Rosenberg joining us this afternoon. We know that uh, test flights have been done. Do you know any of the results of those test flights, what they found? Were there, were there instances where there, where there were problems? Did they have to continue to modify? What do you know about that, Arthur? Well, the, the flight testing that was done in the United States, um, both with Boeing, the Federal Aviation Administration, and also uh, your Transport Canada uh, participated in those tests and also did their own testing. Um, I think the, the, the absolute unanimous um, consensus is that uh, the fixes that are incorporated make the plane a safer plane. The big thing right now is that the flight crews have to be trained um, flight testing, simulated testing, uh, book testing, iPad uh, testing on the idiosyncrasies of, of this plane. Uh -huh. When Boeing brought this plane to market, it pitched it to the airlines um, on the fact that a pilot could get out of an older 737 and get into this new airplane and basically needed only one hour of familiarization on an iPad, literally, and he could <laughs> sail off into the wild blue yonder, which is absolutely ridiculous and I never understood it except for the fact that Boeing was marketing this thing to the airlines as look at all the money you could save with flight training and simulator training you don't need it for your flight crews well um, uh, two crashes and a year and a half of testing put the kibosh on that and now uh, Transport Canada um, as um, as uh, Mark Deneau said, has, has their own take on it, and you have a very fine aviation community. Um, in, in some respects, is good or better than what we have in the United States. And um, I have no, no question that your Air Canada, WestJet, and Sunwing, which all fly this plane, will, fly crews will be eminently tested, and, and the flying public can, can believe that they're on a safe airplane.
Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the fact that Ottawa, and you heard uh, the transport minister say that Ottawa is going to require pilots to take additional simulator training on on, on the plane, additional cockpit procedures before um, they can be returned to service, that sort of thing. Is is that is that strange or is that best practice, do you think, that um, you know each each country would be handling this differently? Well, well that's a great question. So first, let me just preface it with this, that... One of the big problems um, in, in the uh, airline transport community is that training is not ubiquitous. It's not the same in every country. Um, you know, some will argue with me, but the training in Ethiopia is not the same as it is in Canada. Or it's not the same as it is in the United States. So you need some commonality, some norm to reasonably um, have confidence that the flight crews have some minimum level of training which is going to deal with this plane's idiosyncrasies. So um, uh, Transport Canada, um, through, through your air transport minister, I suppose has m made an independent decision that whatever additional training that the FAA is mandating that flight crews be subjected to in the United States is not enough. Um, and or needs to be supplemented with some additional training. I don't know exactly what it is in Canada before um, uh, Transport Canada will, will clear the MAX back to uh, flight line duties. But, you know, I could also add this, that what is very unusual um, is that Boeing has uh, recently hired over 200 specially trained MAX pilots yeah. sprinkled, sprinkled around the planet to, to, to teach the various airlines and flight crews um, the idiosyncrasies of this plane, how to handle MCAS, how to handle the emergencies. And to your point, even though it took me a little bit to get there, uh, yes, it is, it is very unusual to have something like that. I've never seen it in all my years, but it's, it's a safety thing and it's, you, you can't be critical of it. I wanted to ask you about those those pilots that you just touched on. I was reading that article today about the new global engagement pilots, these uh, 160 right. pilots right. that are going to be, you know, embedded right. at airlines. Uh, again, just, you know, it, it sounds like they're trying to do everything to, to cover their butt, but also it was interesting as well to hear about, you know, talking points for the flight attendants to assure passengers who might be concerned. I mean, you know, Arthur, there's, there's you know, they can say that, okay, the, um, the, the FAA has approved this, Transport Canada has approved it. Off we go. Getting people back on the planes when we can travel again, um, I, I think that that's going to take a lot of work. Uh, or maybe, not, or maybe, maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe people want to travel so much again that they'll just hop on the planes and they don't care. But there are going to be people who are concerned. So how do we build right. back that trust? Right. So in, in short, um, your question is how do we deal with the optics? to instill confidence in the flying public. And uh, truthfully, I think you could divide up the flying public, you know, some in the know who are, you know, who are um, intimately aware of the details, um, flying public who, you know, maybe they heard, you know, a couple of crashes happened a couple of years ago. Most people, I don't believe, my friends, um, things like that, when they, when they schedule a flight, no one's looking at the equipment. You know, it could be, you know, 747 now retired. It could be, you know, it could be a, a 757. It could be a 787. It could be a 777. You know, if you're in the know, um, you know, and, and you have an interest and a curiosity, I suppose you'd, you'd look at the equipment. 
The, the short answer to a very difficult question, how do you deal with the optics and reinstill, reinstill um, confidence in the flying public is simply time. If this plane is integrated um, into flight line duties ubiquitously through the airlines in the United States and Canada and Europe, Ryanair just ordered more of them, the largest um, airline carrier um, in, in, in all of Europe. Um, you know, if you get three, four months, six months under the belt and there are no incidents, you know, the public is going to sit back and, um, you know, ask for a drink or two and not really give much concern to what kind of plane they're on. But Before but, I let um, you go, I know this has been this has been a, a huge uh, hit in the pocketbook for Boeing. What is it, about $20 billion that they've lost over the past two years? Yeah, yeah I think you're being um, complimentary. It's probably more than that. But, yes, it's, it's, it's a lot of money. A lot of money, um, so it's it's important that they get this back up and do it right. Well, well so let's do it this way. Um, the 737 Max, um, this model, there's going to be a, there's supposed to be a Dash Nine, a Dash Ten, is the bread and butter of the Boeing commercial aviation airline company. If this plane, you know, right now there are 400 of these planes sitting in parking lots, literally sprinkled around the planet. They're, they're, they're being pulled out of mothballs. They're being serviced and maintained and checked, and they're going to they're gonna be reintegrated into flight line duties. And there's, a back, and there's another 450 which are waiting to be delivered. The backwater book for Boeing has dropped on this plane. I think at one time they were pushing 4,500 or a plus on order. That's dropped to way under 4,000 now. But um, Boeing, as a viable commercial airline manufacturer, you know, one of the two great ones on the planet today, has to get this plane back in the air, and it has to be commercially successful. And that will give Boeing the chance to hopefully do a clean slate airplane. And, um, you know, this, this plane will have 20 years of active service, and it'll be phased out, and it'll, you know, be another chapter in commercial aviation history. Arthur Rosenberg joining us this afternoon. Arthur, I sure appreciate your expertise, your insight, and your time this afternoon. Thank you so very much, and I hope it stops snowing in New York for you. <laughs> I, I appreciate Thank you so much for having me, and yes, it, it, it has. It's actually a sunny day right now as the sun's going down. Okay, have a good one. All the best to you. Thank you for joining me. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, take care. Arthur Rosenberg, who is a New York-based aviation expert and attorney. He's a commentator for CNN, for NBC, for Fox News. He's kind of been all over the place. We talked to him when these crashes happened, when um, when the fleet was grounded. And I do think it's interesting, and I think, you know, um, Arthur touched on that, on the fact that uh, that Canada is, um, is, is going to make sure that its pilots go through uh, a little bit more, that Ottawa is going to require pilots to take additional simulations simulator training on the revised uh, 737 MAX. Additional cockpit procedures are going to be implemented before the plane can return to service uh, at the at the major airlines. So, I don't know, he also made a good point. I mean, do you really, 
when you're booking a flight, I know it's been maybe a while since we've done that, but when you're booking something, do you actually, you know, look and say, okay, well, that's the, that's the type of plane that I'm, that I'm getting on. Or is that when you're sitting in the, in the chair before takeoff and you pull it out, or maybe three hours into the flight, you're a little bored, you pull out that, that little magazine in the, in the back pocket, and then you figure out what kind of plane that you're on. Or will you, do you think, be more aware of it when the time comes that you get to travel again? 